You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. It's a solo episode with me today. Me, all of my own son, which I'm not used to doing for a while because I've been doing so many podcasts with other people. But yeah, I wanted to come and talk to you about visibility because people often say to me, like, what's the, the one thing that moved the needle for you? And, you know, it's really hard to find one thing, isn't it? Because lots of little things did it. But I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, right from the beginning, what's always been the one thing that has helped my business, has made me money? It's been five years now, over five years just. And in that five years, we've made $10 million. $10 million has come into our bank account, which kind of shocks the hell out of me when I think about it. And why has that happened? Like when it comes down to it. (laughs) Why has that happened? And it's happened because I've been visible, because people have seen me. Without the visibility, and I'm like proper, one of those people that proper please that we live in times when with just my phone, I can run a business. With just my phone, I can be visible. And you know, you wouldn't be able to have that before. You'd have to go on the radio and TV and and compete and try and be visible that way. And now we can have ready-made audiences just by using free platforms. And I know everyone complains about Facebook and has a bit of a go because it doesn't let people see you and all this kind of stuff. But quite frankly, it, it's free. And we're, I've been able to make this, this 10 million without any costs for advertising because I can just, you know, be visible. So I really wanted today to talk to you about the importance of being visible, because although people do talk about it and I see people talk about it, I don't think it's emphasized enough. I think people think, oh, there's lots of things you have to do, like visibility is one part of it. Having brilliant offers is another part doing other, you know, there's all these different things that we see all the time. But actually, in the first two years of business, it's all visibility. So I'll take you through what I did in the first couple of years of my business. In fact, I'll take you through all of it so that you can see how visibility has played a massive part. So in the first six months of my business, the only thing I did, like 100% of my work, was just visibility. I opened up a Facebook group at the time. Everyone was opening Facebook groups and, and Facebook was the thing. So I opened up a Facebook group And I went live in it nearly daily. I missed a few times, but, uh, you know, I was live a lot, sometimes for two minutes and sometimes for 10 minutes, but I went live a lot. And, you know, just tips. I just wanted people to see my personality. I wasn't even that far ahead where other people were that I was teaching. But every time I learned something in my business, 
I would then tell them, oh, I've just learned this thing or, oh, this went wrong today. And I would just be really honest about things. And that's all I did for five months. I didn't have email lists. I didn't have a website. I didn't, you know, do all the other things that we're told we're supposed to do, funnels and the like. I didn't do any of that. I just went live in a Facebook group. In month six, I made 100,000 in profit, 100,000 pounds in profit just from doing that. I put something out there in month six for the people that had been listening. And it was pretty much word of mouth. I would come every day. So people would go, have you heard, seen this girl? She goes live every day and she's giving pretty good tips. And so they'd come in and they'd tell other people. And that's kind of how it grew. And then Facebook saw that it was quite an engaged group. And so they started showing it to other people of the same ilk. I love that word. Of the same ilk. I'm so old fashioned of the people that were in there. So that's kind of, how it went. And then I made this six figures. I did one-to-one. I said, oh, I'll coach people one-to-one in month six. And it worked. And and so that was the first six figures was just visibility through one platform with, you know, just from two to 20 minutes a day. And that's all I did because I had a full-time job. And so I couldn't really do a lot more than that. Then in the next six months, well, actually the next year of my business, 80% of my time in my business was spent on visibility. And lots of people say, you know, you have to work on your business as well as in your business, 50-50. It's not 50-50. It's like 80-20. 80% of your business should be working on it, should be becoming visible, should be getting people into your audience, should be marketing. 20% is delivery. So people are, are quite wrong when they say 50-50. 50-50 will keep you just about in clients, but what you want is to always have steady growth. So I spent 80% of my time in the next sort of year on visibility this time, as well as going live a bit less, if I'm honest, probably went live every two weeks. I then asked if I could present in other people's groups. So whether it was their memberships or whatever, so that they could get to know me. And I did that. And this time, I, you know, that was even more people that were seeing me still didn't have like funnel or anything that I should have done. But in year two, I started a sales funnel at the end of year two, because I realized that, you know, putting out a freebie so that all these people were seeing me, but then they were disappearing. And I didn't know if I wanted to tell people that I've got something to buy. All I had is my Facebook group. And I thought, hmm. This it feels like I'm on borrowed land with a Facebook group. I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg will do, if he'll charge for it or take it away or whatever. I feel like my whole business is just balanced on this one Facebook group. And so that's why I decided to start a sales funnel because I wanted to grow an email list. So I started a sales funnel and I had a freebie and I think it was like the top 10 things to do to get clients or something really basic. And I put that freebie out there and people would sign up for it. And then their email list, their email that they put in would go into my email list. And so that I could email them once a week as well. So as well as people going into my Facebook group and seeing me there, I was now emailing every single week. And it was only like two or three paragraphs. I wasn't doing the big, the big storytelling emails that I do now. I would just tell them what I'd been up to, really. But I was visible that way. You know, the sales funnel helped me be visible. And I also in year two started to pitch to the media to get visible that way, mainly because I wanted credibility. I was so new that I couldn't say like as seen in the Telegraph or anything like that. So I started to pitch and that was scary because 
you know, it's scary to pitch to the media when you've only just started you know, to, in your second year of business. I didn't know whether people would laugh at me or say, well, you know, you don't have a story or any of that. And so I got my story straight. I worked with Nicola on getting my story straight, like knowing what I was going to talk about. And at that time, I was talking about how I'd been 30 grand in debt. And two years later, I was a six figure business owner. And that story, you know, went well. People were like, how did you do it? And so I was telling people about being visible and doing Facebook groups and that kind of thing. And so I managed to get quite a few really good things. Well, I got Forbes. I got Forbes, which is like people work towards Forbes for a long period of time. And it was one of my first publications. My actual first publication was Psychology's magazine. So I pitched to about 10 magazines with ideas every single month once I got my story straight. And then, you know, some mostly they said no, which is really normal. And then every now and again, I would get a yes. And so I'd get some some media. And so people were starting to find me through that way as well. And also it gave me a bit of credibility. And I also in year two started to, I got brave enough. I hate speaking on stages. Most of you know this by now. I feel really nervous doing like that in front of people but I knew I'd have to start and I knew I'd have to start somewhere so I thought I'd start small so I used to use Eventbrite which is this like piece of software like website Eventbrite to find networking meetings in my area so that I didn't have to go very far and so it didn't feel so scary and I'd have a look and if there was a like a weekly networking meeting that I could see on Eventbrite I'd go for a couple of weeks and then I'd pitch can I speak to your audience about money mindset or can I speak about you know how to get more clients and how to use social media and those kind of things and sometimes there'd only be six people in the room but it got me used to, to doing presentations in front of people to speaking in front of people because in year three I started to pitch to the big stages in the UK and I got some of them. I did Fire Up. I did Magic Maker in year three. I did quite a few of the bigger stages. And it's a good job I had that grounding on the smaller Eventbrite type networking stages because I would have been, there's no way I would have been able to just like, here's 500 people. So it got me kind of used to it. And it meant I got to practice my presentations as well because I had like two that I used to use. So I started to pitch to bigger stages I started to pitch to TV. So we've got a few TV type talking head slots where they just ask for your opinion as an entrepreneur. And I started to pitch to podcasts. Now, podcasts have been one of the most successful ways I've become visible. On my Facebook group, when people come into my Facebook group, there's a question. And on that question, it says, where did you find out about me? And 90% of the time, it says you were on someone's podcast. Um, so for me, that was a really good way of doing things. And once I saw that so many people were coming over to me because they'd heard me on a, a random podcast that I'd done four months ago, I realized that podcasts, like being a guest on podcasts is a really good way of being visible because it stays there. So if someone finds that person in two years time and they start listening to a podcast, they'll still find me because I'm like episode 36 or whatever. So by the time they get to it, even though it was ages ago, it's like, the longevity of being on podcasts is a really good thing because it stays there. It's not like, you know, when you speak on a stage, unless you've heard someone speak on a stage or clubhouse is exactly the same. Unless you've heard them, you never hear it again. So I started to realize that. So I started to pitch to be on lots of different podcasts. And I was at one point in year three, I was on 12 podcasts a month, all different 
ranges. Now I have to be a bit pickier about the ones that I go on just because of time. So we have a look at like how many, you know, we look at their media sheet and see how many people listen, how many downloads they get and that kind of thing to make it worth it. But at the beginning, I didn't mind. I would go on any podcast because even if four people listen to it, that's four more people that I was visible to and that knew about me. Year four, I started my own podcast, which went to number one in the UK business charts. That's really helped with my visibility. It takes some time, though. It's taken to about now for new people to find that podcast. It was just my own audience, which is still a form of visibility because people need to hear from you a lot to be front of mind. So it was still good for that, but it was it's sort of better now that other people are finding it. They wouldn't find me because they're not on Facebook, for instance. So or maybe they wouldn't download anything, but they might listen to podcasts and so they might find me that way. The other thing I did in year four is I wrote a book proposal, which took me ages because it's much more intricate than people think writing a book proposal. It's not just like, oh, write an email and a synopsis. It's like pages. <laughs> so I wrote a book proposal. I learned how to do it because I wanted to get a traditional book deal, which I knew would give me more visibility if my book was in shops. And I started pitching and I eventually got two book deals and I didn't have an agent. So I negotiated between the two different, it was HarperCollins and it was Hachette, Hodron Staunton and Hachette. And I started to like negotiate between the two until I got the book deal I wanted. And eventually I actually went with the person that I really liked the most. Like I really, really loved the editor that I'm working with now. And so I went with, with um, Yellow Kite, which is Hodron Staunton. Um, and my book will be out in January. And I'm really excited about that because that's another way of being visible. So you can see like every year, the things that moved the needle for me, the things that made the biggest difference was visibility. Yes, there were other things that I did, but 80, still 80% of what I do is focused on visibility. So if you're not being visible, if you're not doing visibility, it's not going to work because it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do. You could be the best in the world at what you do. But if nobody knows about you, it doesn't even matter. You're just going to be a best kept secret. Like no one will know that you're good. You won't be able to help as many people. You won't be able to impact as many people. You won't be able to make as much money. It's not the best person at their job that is the biggest success story. I know this because I've had 6,000 clients and I've seen people that are brilliant at what they do, best at what they do, not become a success because they won't be visible. And I've seen people that are, you know, they're pretty good at what they do, but nowhere near the best, be the biggest success stories. It's the one who is willing to be the most visible. That's what marketing really is. It's visibility. And we already know the people that are good at marketing are the people that are the success stories, not the people that are good at their job, which maybe it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. That's life because people need to know about you. So, one of the things I wanted to say is that we all know that with courses, memberships, all those sort of semi-passive income things, it's a numbers game. I've talked about this on here before. It's a numbers game. We can see this from people's lists. The people you know from, you know, the Insta famous people, the people that are entrepreneurs that you know about, they have the biggest lists. They have the biggest email lists always. And they're making the most money. Because it's a numbers game and the more people you have watching you, the more people that you have that know about you, the more people you have on your email lists, 
the more money you're going to make. Because when you put something out, there's a percentage conversion rate. The more people you have, the more percentage you're going to buy. So those lists are grown from people being visible. So with with my list, I can see that the big like the trajectory of my list going upwards is exactly the same as the amount of money I make going upwards. It's as my list has grown, as I've become more visible, so has the revenue and the profit that I make. And so visibility is that important. Everyone constantly says the thing that people say the most to me is you're everywhere. I always see you everywhere. But it's not actually true. I'm rarely on social media, but I know how to use content wisely so that it looks like I'm everywhere. (laughs) So much of what you see is repurposed from stuff I've already had out there two years ago, maybe a year ago. We've just tweaked it, including I've got a blog on my website. That blog is made from me talking. So I will do a live or I will say something and that will get turned into a blog post. Some of the posts you see on my Facebook could be from a year ago that we've used again, tweaked it to become more relevant to now so that I'm not having to write new things all the time. Some of it's new because if I, you know me, if I want to rant about something, if I want to say about something, I'm going to write about it. But some of it's repurposed. And also I put the same stuff over all the platforms. So you might see something on Facebook and four days later, see the exact same thing on Instagram. And, you know, you might see a reel on TikTok that I've used on Instagram. Like we repurpose content because visibility isn't about needing to have new stuff all the time. Not like one in 10 people read your posts, one in 10 people read your emails. And so you can put things out and new people will see you and you'll still be visible. The one time I did use ads for a period of time for about 18 months, I'm not using it at the moment, but I might start again soon. But when I did use ads, I had an omnipresence campaign. And that's all about using the same pieces of content over and over again so that people see you. I'm targeting people that have looked at one part of your content to see the next part of your content so that you're not wasting content out there and so that people's timelines, their feed is flooded with you, (laughs) with all of your stuff. So it's all about making the most of what you've got. And, you know, I talk all the time about working smarter, not harder to make money. That's not just in the time you're using. That's also in things like this, in like putting content out, in being visible. You need to be smart about how you do it. For instance, I've got the same three presentations that I use when I go into any audiences to teach anything. Whether I'm on stage or not, it will be the same things that I'm talking about. I might tweak it to be half an hour rather than an hour or to be 90 minutes rather than an hour, depending on what people need. But it's the same information because I'm known as an expert in one thing. And I think that really helps, especially with visibility. But you don't always need to be on You just need to look as if you are. People always say to me, but I don't want to be visible all the time. That feels like prison. You don't have to be there doing it all the time. It just looks as if you are. It looks as if I'm constantly on social media. I rarely am. Probably half an hour to an hour a day I'm on social media, not like the five hours that people think I am. The biggest hurdle I see at the start of business for people that want to be visible but are scared to is either imposter syndrome, they call it imposter syndrome. I actually believe in imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is like where you feel like, who's going to listen to you? You feel like a fraud. Of course you're going to feel like that if you're new. That's not imposter syndrome. That's being new at something. 
it's all right to feel like you don't know everything. You're only going to be talking about the things you do know. You can have the confidence in the things you do know without pretending that you know everything. Then you don't have such a thing as imposter syndrome. It's like when you're new in a job. When you get a new job, you go and sit at your desk. You wouldn't say, oh, I have imposter syndrome. You say, I just feel like the new girl. I just feel like the new kid on the block. The person that doesn't know as much because I'm, I'm learning in the job. And it's, that's all right. Like you don't need to call it imposter syndrome. Because if you call something by a term like imposter syndrome, it's going to make you go, well, I can't be visible. I have a syndrome because it sounds all profesh. And that's just an excuse. You can be visible. You can just be visible in your way. The other reason is people don't have the confidence to be visible because they either don't like the way they look. They don't like the way they sound. They worry they'll forget what to say. The biggest tip that I ever had for this, because I also didn't like how I looked, one of my eyes is smaller than the other. And if I ever looked back at any of my lives, that's the one thing I'd see. No one else would really notice it. I would always see it. The thing is, when we start thinking about, you know, I don't like how I look or sound or any of those things, that's about ego. That's about your ego. It's about you. So if you drop the ego, and this is what I had to do, like drop the ego it's not about me and make it about them, things get much easier. Because if it's about them, they need the information. They need to get to know you. You can help them. They need the impact. If it's about you, you want to look good. You want to sound good. You might forget the words. None of those things matter when it's about serving others. Do they care that you sound different to how you think? No. Do they care one of your eyes is smaller than the other? No. Like they don't care about that. They need the information and actually they will resonate with you more because you're not perfect because nobody feels like everyone's perfect. So they'll resonate with you more. And so visibility is important and we can give ourselves all the excuses. But if we want a successful business, we need to be visible. And I really believe in a multi-layered visibility strategy, just like everything. I'm a strategist. I'm always going to talk about how you need a strategy for everything. And for my visibility, I have a multi-layered visibility strategy. Um, and tonight, lots of people have asked me about it. So tonight I am going to teach a masterclass on how to have a multi-layered visibility strategy so that you can become more visible and make more money. And you can be seen everywhere because that's what it's about. So that is going to be at 8 p.m. UK time this evening. If you want to join that, it's completely free. But you need to today, because it's tonight, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash be hyphen everywhere. And then you can come on to that masterclass. And I will tell you more about how to be visible because it's so, so important. Like I definitely wouldn't have made $10 million if I hadn't been visible. People know who I am because I put myself out there. Everyone needs to put themselves out there, but in a strategic way, not just in a haphazard, I'll do everything way. So I'll talk to you a bit more about that tonight. But I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's helped you in some way. And I hope you have a good day today, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.